Hey everybody, welcome to Weekly Sunshine, episode 2. Today's episode is called, That Which Cometh From Above Is Sacred. Today we will be talking about Doctrine and Covenants, section 63, verses 7 through 12. So, let's start with some church history. The year is 1831, and in the Doctrine and Covenants, this is right after Joseph Smith received the revelation and established the place of Zion and is continuing to call even more missionaries to preach during their travels between Kirtland and Missouri. And there's there's just a whole lot of missionaries and a whole lot of work going on. Because of this, there was a lot of skepticism and theories and gossip with everyone listening because, you know, they just were able to establish Zion and then there's all these missionaries preaching about Zion, and this is kind of the point where people are trying, are learning about the church, the restored church, and there's a lot of weird things that they're hearing. (laughs) With all of that, with the gossip and all the missionaries preaching on their travels, the word spread fast of of the new prophet Joseph Smith Jr. Anyway, many people found these missionaries and wanted to meet the prophet. And John and Elsa Johnson and Ezra Booth and his wife were some of these curious people that found some missionaries as those missionaries were traveling around. Elsa Johnson, she was really curious because she had a lame, limp, bent arm due to her rheumatism. And if you think about, you know, this is 1830s, and so this is, you know, farm work and this era where if you kind of don't have an arm, it's, it's really hard to, one, survive, and two, provide for your family. So it was really painful for her to be, and she couldn't do normal farm work and tasks, and so she couldn't straighten her arm all the way, and it was in pain because of her joints. According to Amos S. Hayden's account of the interaction between the Johnsons and the prophet Joseph Smith, Joseph Smith, who is acting as an instrument of God, asked if Elsa had believed that God could heal her arm, which she replied with a yes. The Johnsons and the Booths finally meet the prophet, and Joseph asks if Elsa has the faith that God can heal her arm. And it's really interesting because Joseph doesn't use his power as the prophet of God to heal her right away. They have a they continue their discussion with the missionaries, and then you know mid conversation before it changed to a different topic, Smith rose and said, "Woman, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command thee to be whole." And then Joseph left the room. Like, he just left. Immediately, Mrs. Johnson was able to straighten her arm and perform washing and cooking with ease. This is one of the first recorded miraculous healings in the New Dispensation. So, you know, after the Great Apostasy, this is one of the first times that we see the priesthood power healing. Healing something that wasn't possible to be healed at that time. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, I, I like science. Um, I like biology and health and stuff, um, and rheumatism and rheumatoid arthritis is actually pretty crazy to think about because it's all about the inflammation in the joints, and so it's incredibly painful, and there's not much you can do to cure it. There's no cure for arthritis even now, and it's 2021, and even then, we can treat it, but in the 1830s, you couldn't even treat it very well. That's pretty cool that she that um, Mrs. Johnson had the faith that she could be healed by God. Out of all the people in that room, Ezra Booth, um, who was actually a friend of the Johnsons, who traveled with them to meet the prophet, 
he was the only recorded person who was converted and was baptized, but fell away from the church months after that experience, which is not a long time. Booth witnessed this miracle, but he still didn't have strong enough faith from before to be able to use it to his advantage, use the miracle that he saw to help his faith. So let's read the scripture. Doctrine and Covenants, section 63, verses 7 through 12, which says, And he that seeketh signs shall see signs, but not unto salvation. Verily I say unto you, there are those among you who seek signs, and there have been such even from the beginning. But behold, faith cometh not by signs, but signs follow those that believe. Yea, signs come by faith, not by the will of men, nor as they please, but by the will of God. Yea, signs come by faith unto mighty works, for without faith no man pleaseth God, and with whom God is angry he is not well pleased. Wherefore, unto such he showeth no signs, only in wrath unto their condemnation. Wherefore, I the Lord am not pleased with those among you who have sought after signs and wonders for faith, and not for the good of men unto my glory. So, I went through these verses and paraphrased them into simple things that we can learn. So, verse 7. People who look for signs shall see them, but not understand them. We've all done, like, puzzles before. Um, I, I, I quite enjoy puzzles. I don't have the attention span to work on them for too long. But usually, you can look at all the pieces, right? Um, you can always be like, I'm looking for this piece. But you can look at it 17 times and not be able to recognize, like, that was the piece I was looking for, obviously. And that's kind of what I think about with signs. Like, there's so many miracles and signs that we see every day, but we don't actually recognize them as signs from God. In verse 8, um, I said, All generations have people seeking signs. So, since the beginning of time, there's always been people that have been looking for signs, but not seeing the signs, if that makes sense. There's always been people looking for signs, but not recognizing and pondering the signs. You know, even in, like, the Bible um, before Christ, and, you know, this, there's always been people who demand to see a sign. There's signs enough. Just look for them and recognize them and have faith that they are signs. Um, which, you know, we can honestly do now. Like, oh my gosh. I, you know, as I've said, I love health and biology. I took a biology class, um, during the school year and when we had hybrid learning, so we had some online days. And during those online days, I was just in awe by what I was reading in the textbook of biology. Like, I was so amazed about all of these miracles that just happened within our body. In verse 9, I put, Signs don't start faith, but faith starts the recognition of signs. So, you know, if you're looking for signs and you see a sign, but you don't have faith, you're just going to be like, oh, look, that's a thing. But if you have faith and you're just like, oh my gosh, I have faith and I think that this is a sign. Yeah, it's a sign. It doesn't matter if it was on purpose or not. Of course it was on purpose because God created it. All it takes is your faith being able to recognize and be like, oh my gosh, that was a sign for me. I'm going to use that to strengthen my faith that I already have to recognize the sign. Verse 10, signs come as faith comes in God's due time. God's time isn't your schedule. Like, if you want a sign, 
Sure, if you ask for it and pray for it, God might send you a sign. But also keep in mind, you might not be able to see the sign, or God will just be like, um, I'm not ready to t show you something quite yet, because you need to struggle first, so that you can strengthen your faith, so that you'll be able to understand the sign when it comes. In verse 12, God doesn't want us to look for signs and wonders for the sake of giving us our faith. He wants us to look for the signs and be the miracles for others. And I really like this because it's kind of a call to action. Um, verse 12, I'll just quote it directly. Wherefore, I, the Lord, am not pleased with those among you who have sought after signs and wonders for faith and not for the good of men unto my glory. And I really like that part, and not for the good of men unto my glory. We've been commanded to be able to preach the gospel and choose love and serve others. Usually that's what other people are praying for and asking for. We can always be those people that are the miracles for others. Which which is pretty cool to think about. <laughs> um, although that, you know, we might not be like, oh my gosh, I'm a sign seeker. Um, I'm going to look for my signs. It's usually in the form of other people. And we can be those other people for other people. <laughs> we can be those people that bring service and are those signs to strengthen other people's faith through our service and connection in our community to them. Um, and I just think that's pretty cool. I think that we should always cherish those moments that we have with other people and deem them as miracles. You know, it's it's a miracle to be able to be friends with the people I'm friends with and to know the people that I've known and love the people that have saved me. You know, these people that have blessed my life have strengthened my faith. I know that, you know, as we have start with faith, we can increase, we recognize more miracles and study and pray and discuss with other people and love other people and serve other people. And that, that can only increase our faith. I know that it's very important for me to be able to recognize those signs and keep them sacred in my heart, but also be able to be those signs for other people and be the miracle. Those things that are good always come from God and we can always recognize him in our lives. I just want to thank you guys for listening in on this week, and I hope that you guys felt the spirit and were able to get something from this discussion, and I'll see you next week!